the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Set your spirit on fire and let Dr. Luana Steins guide you to a life of purpose and fulfillment. To reach Dr. Luana Steins, call 760-315-1967 or visit atouchfromabove.org. And now here's your A Touch From Above host, Dr. Luana Steins. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Dr. Luana. This is A Touch From Above. I am so excited all that God is doing. I want to give you just a little bit of history. This is our uh, first time airing, and we are so excited. We're going to be with you every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I am so excited. Uh, Some of you may remember me by television. Don't you dare touch that channel. So I want to tell you again, don't you dare touch that channel. And those of you that may join us from East County Gazette, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. I uh, put that out there in my weekly column. That goes out to about half a million people in San Diego County. And I'm so excited, so excited. I want to share with you today... Father, we love you, we honor you, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, for every single listener today, Lord. Let their ears be open, let their heart receive, let their mind comprehend in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, so many today are, they're empty. They're empty inside. They're looking for something. Have you ever felt that lonely feeling that uh, you just unloved and nobody cares about you and maybe you're listening to my program today and maybe you're feeling that right now and so many of our young people today are searching for their purpose in life I I don't know about you but if you remember that uh, cartoon when we were younger uh, that little teeny duck that would run around going are you my mama? Are you my mama? It would go up to the horse and say, are you my mama? And go up to the cow. Are you my mama? And go up to, you know, the little piglet. Are you my mama? And that little duck was looking for his identity. So like today, so many are looking for their identity and they feel like as if they're unloved, uh, unloved, rejected and, and broken. Can I tell you that the Bible is filled with so many stories that are so powerful. And I want to share with you a wonderful story about two sisters named Leah and Rachel. And, you know, let's read a little bit here really quick. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel, oh, she was beautiful of form and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, Oh, it's better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only like a few days to him because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, 
Give me my wife, for my days, my seven years are fulfilled, that I may go into her. Let me stop there for a moment. Let me take you back into history. You have to understand the custom of that time. When a woman was getting married, she had to have a veil over her entire head to cover her, and that veil wasn't taken off through the entire wedding. So you have to understand, here is Jacob. Here's Jacob saying, give me my wife. Let me read on here in verse 21 of Genesis chapter 29. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go into her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, Leah his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob went into her. You have to understand the picture here. Jacob, it's nighttime. Leah is not the one he worked for. He worked for Rachel. He didn't work for Leah. He worked for Rachel. But Laban, the father of Rachel and Leah, is cunning and manipulator. So what does he do? He sneaks Leah instead of Rachel. So here is Jacob. The party is going. The wedding is passed. The evening is there. It's dark. The veil is over Leah's head. Jacob thinks he's getting Rachel, but it's not Rachel and it's it's Leah, and all of a sudden he takes Leah into his tent uh, for that night, and he, he embraces her and kisses her. You know what's the strangest thing about this story? Why in the world didn't Leah say, "Hey, wait a minute, Jacob, I'm Leah"? No, 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 no. If you remember, we read back a couple of verses that Leah's eyes were delicate. In other words, Leah was kind of ugly. I hate to say that, but you know that's what it was pertaining to. So here is Leah. She's thinking, oh, my gosh, this man loves me and embracing me. And then let's read what happens. There's never a dull moment in the word of God. All right. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And he went into her. And Laban gave his maid Zilpah, his daughter, Leah, as a maid. So it came to pass in the morning, oh, that behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? And Laban said, Well, it must not be done so in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill Leah's week, and then we'll give you this one also for the service which you will serve me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter Rachel as wife also. And Laban gave his maid Belha to his daughter Rachel as maid. And Jacob went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. Hold on, we're not done yet. Then the Lord saw that Leah was unloved. He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. I want you to listen to Leah's words. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, The Lord has surely looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Can I tell you, there are so many people like Leah. They're going in and out of relationships, looking for someone to love them, looking for somebody to care for them. But you know what the Bible says that God 
God loved Leah. Do you see, we have to understand we are only complete in Christ Jesus, but the Bible is filled with so many broken people. The word, the word of God shares how God, he, his love goes beyond the rejection of Leah. And God saw that Leah was broken and hurting. You can go into Genesis chapter 45, and you can also read about Joseph. Joseph is another powerful story in the Bible. Joseph had several brothers, and Joseph was the young one born to his father. And his father, you got to imagine, his older brothers are older. And all of a sudden, his dad births Oops, here's, oh my gosh, Joseph, he was surprised. He didn't know he had bullets anymore. And all of a sudden, there is Joseph. And Joseph is born to him in his old age. And he is so excited about that. So you have to remember, Joseph's father was so proud of Joseph. He loved him and embraced him and made a code of many colors and just always... um, just always talked about Joseph. And Joseph, one day, goes into his father and mother. His brothers and them are there. And he says, Daddy, I had a dream. Guess what, Mother? I had a dream. And he goes to tell his dream. And the dream seemed, oh, my goodness. His father said, oh, I'm going to ponder that dream and keep it in my heart. And then he goes on a little bit later, and Joseph comes back in again. And he says, Dad, I had another dream. And he tells the dream again. And the dream is so powerful. So anyway, a little bit later, you'll find out that Joseph's brothers are so envious and so jealous of Joseph because they were, they were thinking that their father loved Joseph more than them. So what do they do? One day, the brothers are out in the field and they're tending the sheep or doing whatever they need to do for their father. And the father calls young Joseph. By this time, Joseph's probably maybe about 16, 17 years old. And all of a sudden, his dad says, Joseph, yes, dad, do me a favor. Go out in the field. Chuck on your brothers. Take this and take them uh, some supplies. So Joseph has no idea. He's going to go check on his brothers. He's excited. He's naive. He's probably just whistling going down the road, and he's just excited, and he's going to go see his brothers. But his brothers, they see Joseph from afar off. And one of the brothers says, here comes that dreamer. You know what? Let's kill him. But one brother said, no, 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 we can't do that. But what they did, they ripped off Joseph's jacket of many colors. And they picked up Joseph and they threw him in an abandoned well. And there they are up above the well. I can just imagine in my head, Joseph in that dry, old, barren well with bugs and spiders and maybe even snakes. And I'm sure as Joseph was down there looking up, he could see the sky. And I'm sure he could hear his brothers talking. And all of a sudden, I could just imagine Joseph, hey, get me out of here. What are you doing? Get me out of here. It's dark down here. But you know what? They had no intention in the beginning to take Joseph out of there. And then finally, one brother said, you know what? Here comes 
a band, traitors. Let's take Joseph out of the well and let's sell him as a slave into Egypt. And that's exactly what they did. They took Joseph out of that well and they sold him as a slave. But then what did they do? They took the jacket that his father made, they ripped it to shreds, they took an animal, killed that animal, put blood all over that jacket, and then they took that jacket in arrogance and pride and envy and hatred and strife, and they took that jacket to Joseph's father, and they and he said to his father, Father, is this Joseph's jacket your young son? And the father was so broken as he looked at that jacket, and he said, a wild animal must have gotten him and killed him. And that father's heart was so broken. Joseph was rejected. Joseph was sold into slavery. But I want you to know something. God was with Joseph. And wherever Joseph Wherever Joseph was, when he was sold into slavery, God gave him favor. Then he ended up serving. Then he was falsely accused of rape. And then he was placed in the prison. And again, God was with Joseph. And God was with Joseph. And Joseph had divine favor. Are you rejected? Have you been abandoned by your loved ones? Have your, has your husband walked out on you? Has your wife left you with the kids? Are you feeling lonely and empty? Are you rejected? Are you saying, I'm never going to get married? Where's my husband? Where's my wife? You feel unloved? You feel broken in heart? Can I tell you that God loves you? You know, when I read the Word of God and I read about the psalmist David, David, oh, one day, King David, he's anointed as king, but one day he was a mighty soldier. One day David was a hero. Oh, the crowd lifted up their voice, and they said, Oh, Saul has killed a thousand, and David has killed ten thousand. And the town was rejoicing, and the city was having a party, and the musicians were playing and praising David because David had victory after victory after victory. He was in the army, and he was in charge, and he was a mighty warrior. But then, all of a sudden, Saul is jealous of David. David is sitting across on a table when Saul is looking in the jealousy and anger of Saul is boiled up inside of him like a boiling stew on high. And all of a sudden, Saul picks up a javelin and he throws that javelin at David and misses David. And David gets up and flees for his life. And all of a sudden, David hears word that Saul has sent his men after him. And David flees for his life. He leaves his wife. He leaves everything. And he runs for his life into the wilderness. And now David was once a hero. And now he's being pursued as if he was a criminal. But can I tell you that God was with David? You know... We ourselves can also find at times our hearts can be broken. At times, people can be jealous of you. Maybe you're feeling that unloved feeling. Listen, my dear friend, I understand that. My husband was murdered many years back. I was a broken little girl in a forced marriage at 15 and a half. Later on, my husband was killed. 
He was having an affair with a married woman. Her husband came home, caught him, and killed him. I had two small children at that time. I felt like my life was so broken. I felt worthless and no good. I felt ugly and rejected and insecure. And, you know, I wasn't a Christian at the time. And I could just see at that time I was just like going deeper, deeper, deeper into withdrawal. But I want you to know something that God was with me and I didn't even know it. The psalmist David wrote in Psalms 109 verse 26, Help me, O Lord, my God. Oh, save me according to your mercy. Psalms chapter 36, reading in verse 7, the psalmist writes, How precious is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. You see, one day I was walking out of a 7-Eleven store, and a young lady came up to me and witnessed to me and told me about Jesus. I tell you what, oh, I didn't listen the first time. I was too angry. I was rejected. I said, you know what, honey? I've been to hell and back. They kicked me out for selling ice water. I don't even want to hear about this God. You don't know what I've been through. And I walked to my car, sat in my car and pulled out a cigarette. Can you believe that? You know, if God wanted us to smoke, he would have made us a chimney on our head. I pulled out my cigarettes and the girl came and knocked on my window And I thought, what is her problem? I took a big old drag of my cigarette and I rolled down the window just about three inches and then went and I blew the smoke in her face. And then I said, what is it that you want? She said, I want to talk to you about, I rolled up the window and then she knocked again. I thought, man, what is her problem? What is her problem? I am so angry by this time. I rolled down my window just a little bit again, and I said, what is it? She goes, you know, I want you to, I said, I don't want to hear it, and I rolled back up my window, and then I thought, if she knocks again, I'm going to get out of this car, and I'm going to beep, 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 I'm going to beat the tar out of her. Lo and behold, she knocked again. I couldn't believe it. I was so mad. I was livid. I got out of the car, got into her face. I said, what is your problem? And she looked at me right in my eye, didn't even budge, didn't even flinch. She looked at me and said, hey, Luana, you don't remember me, do you? And I looked at her and I said, I don't know any Jesus freaks. She says, you don't remember me. Five years ago, my sister, Mary Lou, I looked at her. I said, are you Maria? She said, yes. I said, oh, my gosh, what happened to you? You see, five years ago, I knew her, but she was a heroin addict and she was strung out. And I thought she was a loser. I didn't realize I was a cocaine head at that time. Uh, Thank God I got delivered. I'm not there anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you very much. But I looked at her and I could not believe because she had was a heroin addict, and I used to see her with a needle in her arm, all strung out, nodding out, and her kids, she never took care of her kids. And I looked at her, I said, oh my gosh, look at you, what happened? She goes, Jesus changed my whole life right after. Her sister, Mary Lou, was one of my best friends. I found her sister, who had shot herself with a thirty-eight, And right after that funeral, Maria got saved. I could not believe the change and the transformation of her life. And I looked at her and I said, oh, my gosh, you look so different. And she goes, Jesus changed my life. Do you think I'm going to let you get out of this parking lot without telling you about Jesus? And I looked at her and I patted her on the shoulder. Oh, that's good for you. I'm glad you found something. You needed something. Duh. Was I blinded or what? I couldn't see past my own nose at that time. 
I didn't realize I was blind as a bat and in darkness because the devil had me bound in anger, rejection, and I had a broken heart. And so the devil thought he was going to keep me a prisoner. But that day she planted the seed in me. No, I didn't get saved that very day. Six to eight months later, I gave my heart to Jesus. And I want you to know 43 years ago, Jesus changed my entire life. I'm telling you what, I walked into the first church. I had never been to church. I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't a Jesus freak. I wasn't, I never went to church. I was a straight heathen. When I went to that church, I was probably one of the first sinners they'd ever seen in a long time. I rode a motorcycle to church, leather jacket, one baby in front, one baby in back holding on to me, and we'd go to church, and I was this wild, crazy girl. But you know what? I went to church that day, but before I went to church that day, one night before that day I went to church, I was sitting in my friend's apartment, and I cried out. I said, God, I don't know. I never prayed. I don't know what God you are. I don't know if you're the Catholic God, the Baptist God, the Jehovah Witness God. I don't know who you are, but Lord, God, whoever you are, Jesus, I'm going to ask you to come into my heart and show me who you are. And if you don't prove yourself to me, I will never ask you for a thing as long as I live. Do you know what? That night when I went to bed, after that simple, crazy, insane prayer, I woke up a different person. I cannot even explain it. I'd never been to church. I went to pick up the phone book, looked at the phone book, went to churches, and I thought, oh my gosh, how do I know what church to go to? Then I remembered the girl that witnessed to me at the 7-Eleven. She told me before I left, she said, Luana, if you ever need a change in your life, come to the corner of Boulder and Weber, the little Victorian church where Jesus is changing lives. All of a sudden, I remembered her words. It came back to my heart and my mind. I thought, I'm going to go to the corner of Boulder and Weber, and I'm going to go check to see if that little church is there. So I went to that little church for the first time I'd ever walked into a church. I heard the gospel, went to an altar, received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, had no idea what I was doing. But I went and said that prayer, and they took us all to a back room. This is how much of a sinner I was. I'm in the back room with the 12 other people that gave their heart to the Lord that day. And I'm going, I'm so blank, blank. I was cussing. I'm so blank, blank, glad I blank, blank gave my life to Jesus. Everybody looked at me and I was like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to cuss, but because I was a baby Christian, I didn't know anything. So all of a sudden the guy looks at me and he goes, you know what Jesus did today in your life? You know, God loves you. Be at church every time the door is open. And then I go, do you have a schedule? He just looked at me and goes, have you ever been to church before? I said, no. He said, do you have a Bible? I said, no. He goes, get her a Bible. Get her a schedule. You know, I think they probably thought, oh, we got a good sinner fish on the hook. Let's help her make it for Jesus. And you know what? I was there the next service and the next and the next and the next and the next. Oh, I'm telling you what? God loved us so much. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, it says, This is how God showed his love among us, that he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I want to ask you, are you born again? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Let Jesus take over.
Let Jesus be Lord and master of your life. I'm telling you, I don't regret one bit giving my life to Christ. He is so awesome and so amazing and so wonderful. I want to encourage you, pray with me this prayer. Jesus, forgive me. I have done so many things wrong, I can't even count them. Jesus, I know you died on the cross. I don't understand it, but I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Please come into my heart and be my Lord, be my Savior, be my rock and my refuge. Now, if you said that prayer, I want you to do me one more favor. I want you to write me. My website is a touchfromabove.org. Write to me. Write to me. Call 760-315-1967. Call. Write to me and let me know. Or come up to a church service up at the Prayer Mountain every Sunday morning. It's so awesome. We're a church without walls. Dress warm. Ooh, but it's so awesome and so wonderful. God is awesome. He's amazing. He's counselor. He's prince of peace. He's mighty God. He's Lord of lords. And he is wanting just to love you. God bless you. You've been listening to A Touch From Above with Dr. Loana Steins. For your financial support of any amount, you'll receive her book, A Mother's Story. Send your gift to P.O. Box 2800, Ramona, California, 92065. Visit atouchfromabove.org and come visit a church service, 10 a.m. at 16145 Highway 67, Ramona, California, 92065. Dress warm. It's a church without walls. Are you distracted? Seems like everything gets in the way. Come to A Touch From Above Prayer Mountain, 25 beautiful acres. Walk up to the cross or relax in a small private cabin to pray. Bring your leaders to pray. At Prayer Mountain, God answers prayer. Even Jesus had to get away to pray. Call today and make your reservation, 760-315-1967. Your answer is just a prayer away. A touchfromabove.org. Like the ravages of a flood, but I call on the name of Jesus. And the power of his blood, I have victory over Satan. Glory to the King of Kings. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.